Come in, Professor Peter Lynam, are you there? I am here, yes. Although it's sounding rather different different because of my cold, oh. but never mind. Are you, are you getting yeah. better though, Peter? I trust so. Well, it's better than yesterday. Okay, that's good. Well, thank you very much for um, taking a moment to chat to us for That's the Spirit this week. Uh, hey, well, we've got such an interesting topic. This is actually, this was uh, um, put forward by a listener, um, a particular book called Shadow Worlds, which looks at the occult in New Zealand. Is that correct? That's right, that's right. And since I've done a lot of study in this area myself over a long period, it's kind of a book that if I'd had enough energy, I would have written it myself 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> it's quite fun reading another person's take on the story. Yes. Yeah, so this, at his very first chapter, this is a book by Andrew Paul Wood, and um, the very first chapter is on the Theosophist. No, I don't suppose many of us have heard even heard of theosophy. Theophis, sorry, say theosophy. Theoph- theosophy. Theosophy. Okay, no, I have not heard of it before, and it has something to do with the occult. Uh, firstly, Peter, what is the occult? Well, the occult simply refers to those things which are hidden, uh, don't follow normal scientific patterns, and are in some senses con well, concealed or magical. So they relate to the magic, the spiritual world, um, without necessarily any reference um, to the divine. Okay. Magic, spiritual, uh, somewhat hidden. Yes. All those investigations mm-hmm. of strange forces that take place in our world. Yes. So it could, could include UFOs, you see. Okay. All right. So it's pretty broad. It is very broad, mm-hmm. and um, his argument would appear to be that New Zealand is particularly inclined to this kind of occult. I'm not totally convinced myself, mm-hmm. but it's certainly true there's an amazing amount of it about. It's just a question of whether the total bulk of it is all that big, because I think on the whole New Zealanders are rather boring and keep well away from such yes. interesting subjects. Yeah. But there's certainly been an undercurrent of this around. Okay. Now, the theosophists, um, is something that's most interesting to learn from it. What is the name of that huge brothel right on the edge of Myers Park in Queen Street? Do you know the one? Grand looking uh, yeah, building. I'm just trying to think what the name is. Um, is it the Pink Palace or something like that? I um, think I think most people probably know what you mean. It sort of used to be opposite, relative to where Real Groovy used to be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yep. a little, a little bit, a little bit further up, but, but yes. yeah, just yep. basically there. Well, that was the Theosophists' headquarters <laughs> for many years in New Zealand. So this is. This is an organisation that once had some grand aspiration. Okay. I mean, you've got to imagine the building <laughs> looking a little bit less, um, well, shall we say, uh, down and out than it is now. Yes. It's kind of interesting to have, like, a an occult headquarters right on Myers Park, which sometimes well, feels precisely. pretty, like, crazy. Precisely. Yeah. Although, when you hear more about the Osprey, you may decide it's not very occult anyway. Okay. Yep. That's over to you. Um, and th- there's quite a number of other examples in smaller towns in New Zealand, I'm always intrigued 
because I lived in Palm Snow for a long time, that in Church Street, where a fair portion of the churches of the city are allocated, mm. um, there's also a Theosophical Hall. And um, in various other small towns across New Zealand, you find these Theosophy Halls, all of them coming from the 1890s through to the 1910s. Mm-hmm. So clearly, this was quite an active movement in New Zealand. Yes. And what it seems to have consisted of originally, and I've had students who've worked on various topics relating to this, um, it was a study of kind of Hinduism for Western people, if you like. Yeah. So it, it looks at the Vedantas and others of the sacred writings of Hindus. It, it throws in a bit of Buddhism for good measure um, and kind of various other things that, that, that are blurred together uh, and creates quite an interesting mixture of a kind of the religions of the East yes. represented for Western people. But do, 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 do they? Do, uh, excuse me. Do they throw a bit of like space and the divine in there? You know, some. Um, well, a bit, <laughs> a bit, but it's mostly solemn study mm. of various writers. However, it does have fabulous origins okay. in the wonderfully named Madame Blavatsky. Now, you may even heard, have heard about Madame Blavatsky. No, I have not. Oh, oh, you've missed out so much, Johnny. Okay. So, Madame Blavatsky is one of those very colourful people of the late 19th century Mm -hmm. who came from Russia to England and became just the the most fabulous sought-after woman for her brilliant recognition of occult powers who claimed to have spent time wandering around Tibet and getting to know secret Tibetan um, knowledge of various kinds, which would presumably be Tibetan Buddhist. It seems extraordinarily unlikely that she ever did go to Tibet, by the way. Yes. Um, but that's, that got you a lot of um, following in the kind of spiritualist quarters, and we'll probably come to spiritualism at some stage if we're going through this book, um, which seems to have everything in the wrong order as far as I'm concerned, but never mind. Um, uh, Because in spiritualist quarters, Madame Blavatsky came across as an extraordinary figure in seances, you know, with that kind of dash of the uh, heavily made-up face, huge earrings, um, intense gaze that could just about mesmerize anybody who saw her. Mm-hmm. And so out of her came a movement, and she also had a somewhat colorful life of marriages and affairs um, that made her, gave her a fabulous reputation. And when she began expounding this particular version of Hinduism come, come Buddhism, but mostly Hinduism, I think, um, there was a lot of interest, including followers in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these were really rather intriguing. Uh, for example, one was the dean of the Anglican Theological College at St. John's College out of Meadowbank, um, who was dismissed by the, uh, by the church for being involved in such dubious um, religious um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. The others 
included um, prime ministers of various kinds and I mean, people who were kind of of an exploratory kind that enjoyed investigating knowledge. And actually, there were more of those perhaps in the 19th century yes. than there are in the 21st century, sad to say. Uh, Peter, it doesn't seem that, to me, you know, I wouldn't say this is, like you said at the start, it doesn't seem, to, you know, super occulty like magic. That, no, 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 no. Sh- no. It, shadowy it, it, worlds. It, it, it just seems like a bit of a study in East, Eastern philosophy. Yes, yes, in some ways it's exactly that. Yes. Nothing like the mad, colourful explorations that one might have hoped for. Yeah. Um, there was more of that going on in the International Lodge from which it came, mm-hmm. than in the branches in, in New Zealand. Okay. But there was a bit of a strand of a love of ceremony and ritual, mm-hmm. and there was probably a fair bit of sexual experimentation involved in the group as well. Okay. Um, and so that led to quite a lot of uh, murmurs about was the, were there homosexual practices going on? What was, was going on in this church, yeah. On? Yeah, that's right. Now, I wonder if you've ever seen very near Auckland Hospital, um, kind of, uh, how would I describe it? If you go between Auckland Hospital and um, heading towards Kaipapas Road, there's a, a, a very strange church sort of behind the medical school, um, which is called the Liberal Catholic Church. Okay. And this liberal Catholic church, though it doesn't say so on the outside, is in fact the religious side of of theosophists. Okay. Now, admittedly, most theosophists were probably ordinary Anglicans um, who rather indulged in a, a touch of colourful ceremony and wanted the Anglican church to get into more ceremony. But others sent, went off and created their fabulously ceremonial liberal Catholic Church, which had all the rituals of Catholicism and none of the beliefs. Okay. <laughs> Very conveniently from this point of view. <laughs> yes. And <clears throat> this, this appealed to a sort of certain sort of person who likes dressing up. I mean, we could call those people lodge members, you know, because after all, that's what Freemasons are, is it not? Yes. Um, just love dressing up in a bit. I have been to a, a Freemasons. It was very interesting to um, see them. Oh, yes, yeah, but we, then we need to have a discussion on Freemasonry sometime. Okay. Be, because this appeal to, to dress up and, in a sense, to become what you dress up as rather than the person you actually are. Mm. And I think that's part of what's involved in wearing of robes, is that you you dress up into something. Mm-hmm. And so there was an element of theosophy that liked this. Yes. Now, as I said, the theosophists themselves um, in, in New Zealand were not doing anything particularly outrageous. Mm. There was, however, um, they brought in interesting visitors. Madame Blavatsky came. Um, the Countess Wachmeister, who was a friend of Madame Blavatsky and was an Austrian countess, toured New Zealand promoting promoting theosophy in the 1890s. And she gained two very notable recruits, the daughters of Samuel Edger, Lillian and Margaret Edger. Now, these are the two most famous 
leaders, uh, two of the most famous leaders of of um, feminism in New Zealand. So one was a headmistress, um, the other, well, the other actually became the leader of the Osafi for many years. And these were the two first women graduates of, of any place in the world, I think, or certainly in the British in the British Empire. So highly educated and imaginative women found this attractive as well. Interesting, interesting. And now, in the 1920s, theosophy split in various ways. Have you heard of Rudolf Steiner School? Yes, I have. Rudolf Steiner Schools are a split from uh, theosophy. Okay. St- Steiner was a German who wanted to take theosophy further along this journey into the exploration of the inner world and developed from it a theory of education. He found other theosophists weren't as supportive as he wanted to, um, and so he created his own split-off movement. And there are 17 Rudolf Steiner schools, including a big one at Michael Park um, in Auckland, uh, which are a reflection of that movement. Another interesting aspect of this is the extraordinary figure of Krishnamurti. Krishnamurti was raised by one of the theosophists who we're now pretty certain was liked sex with boys, um, uh, Charles Ledbetter's, and he raised an Indian who he believed was going to be the star of the East. He was going to be the great new messiah that theosophy was going to bring to transform the world and unite all religions. Unfortunately, as Krishnamurti grew up, this was a little bit before his visit to New Zealand, he got a bit disenchanted with Ledbetter, I can understand that, um, and broke away from him and became a person in his own right, a very interesting person in his own right, with a fascinating insights but affiliation to no organisation. But Krishnamurti did visit New Zealand in the 1930s and had quite an influence. Wow. Hey, um, P- Peter, it sounds like we're like literally just getting started on what is quite an interesting Yes, and you need the news. <laughs> you need we've, the got news. The, we've got the news creeping up on us. Uh, so I apologise yes. for anyone out there that is enthralled. Um, we can keep going some other time. I reckon yes. we should, Peter. I think, uh, I mean, this is just yes. chapter one of this book. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, um, right. There's plenty to dig into. Hey, Peter Lynham, thank you so much for this week's edition of uh, That's the Spirit. We'll look forward to um, ticking off some more interesting parts of uh, Shadow Worlds uh, in the coming weeks. All right. Thank you, Take mate. Bye. Bye. Bye.